we are two sober chicks. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, if you have a topic suggestion, we'd like to throw out our email. It's the number two sober chicks at gmail.com. That's all one word, two sober chicks at gmail.com. You can uh, send us some topic suggestions. If you have a question about sobriety, you can send us that. Um, I was at a meeting recently. I belong to uh, two online home groups. One is called Primetime Toronto, and the other one is called The Zoo Crew 22. And at the Zoo Crew 22, they do this really cool thing on Thursdays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern time called the Ask It Basket. And it's uh, that, that new play on an old school AA trick. So in brick and mortar meetings, a basket would be passed around the room at a beginner's meeting and beginners would write down their questions on a piece of paper anonymously, fold it up and put it in the basket. And then the chairperson would take a turn like reading a question and then old timers and newcomers around the room would share their experience uh, about that question topic. Um, and so we've been doing this at the Zoo Crew 22 and it's been quite successful and a lot of people are really enjoying it. So I thought it might be kind of fun for Julie and I to do a little ask it basket today. I love that idea. I was actually just checking our Instagram to see if anybody gave us topic suggestions and we got a really nice message. Um, I don't know if I have permission to share her name, so I'm just going to give an initial, okay. um, a message from J, which is the best letter of the alphabet. And she said, now I can't find it. I'm not really good at this social media thing. Here it is. <laughs> she, um, she is not an alcoholic. She's a member of Al-Anon and a recovering codependent. And she said that our podcast has helped her understand things about herself and her alcoholic loved one. And that while listening recently, she realized she needs to make an amends about something she didn't realize she was doing. And uh, she laughs out loud while listening to the two of us. So that's, that's what I want more than anything. Like when people say they laugh out loud or that we're really funny, I love that. So thanks, Jay. Yes. Sorry, I didn't get your message earlier. I'm not on a lot, but. It wasn't too long ago. So that's cool. And she's beautiful. I love it. I love um that's important to me too. The laughter is probably the most important yeah. thing. And it's um carrying that message as well as the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. The other message is that you can and will laugh again. And there will be fun times without alcohol. And guess what? You'll remember those fun times. And they won't be at the expense of other people and they won't be at the expense of your own pride, you know, so. Sober fun is highly, highly underrated. And I understand why, because for those of us that need to indulge in our addiction to relax or to forget, it's a different kind of, it's what we've talked about before, which is like momentary um, satisfaction or happiness or whatever rather than sustained joy, which is a soul thing. It's a heart thing. It's not like an addiction thing or a mind thing, um, but it's the best fun there is. I remember one of my sponsees talking about, um, you know, like we were talking about a relapse and talking about why did you give in to the uh, choice to do drugs? After all that we've talked about, mm. you made that choice to pick up. And the answer was, uh, I missed that constant state of euphoria. Oh, man, I get it. 
I was like, you know what? I get it. That, that state of euphoria is not sustainable. It's yeah. like, imagine having an erection. <laughs> Priapism. It's like long haul erections. You, it's very painful for men. They have to go to the hospital. Right? Or yes. a woman, imagine having a, an orgasm that never ends. It sounds good in the moment. Yeah. But then think about it. Never yeah. ending in the grocery store, in the grand lineup, you know, everywhere you go, you're going to be in that. It's not sustainable. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not, I don't believe that that's what God wants for us. I mean, I do believe God wants us to orgasm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he designed our bodies to do amazing things. And that's one of his best gifts. Yes. It's not for no reason. Although I would like to have a chat if I could one day about the, you know, the giant object being forced out of a small hole. I think that needs a rethink. But uh, anyway, <laughs> who am I? I'm not in charge. <laughs> but just about that sustainability about euphoria, because it's just not possible. Yeah. We can't live in that state all the time. Um, I and miss it from time to time. Like I, the cool thing about where I am in my sobriety is that I would, it would seem preposterous to me to throw it all away for a moment or a few moments of euphoria or a few hours or whatever it would be. Like, it just is so dumb to me that I can want it. That's another thing we learn in recovery. Just because I want something, it doesn't mean I should have it. Mm -hmm. I saw a beautiful bistro set on Amazon the other day and I'm like, oh my God, I want it. I do this thing, Amanda, our friend Amanda does the same thing. Yeah. Relate at night, you just fill up your shopping cart and Amazon, but then you don't really buy it. It's just sort of fun to do it. And then, you know, wish listed or whatever. And I kept thinking, but I don't need this. Like, where am I going to put it? It's just that we don't won't need to have everything we want. Think about how many people we want, but are not good for us. Right. Or whatever behavior it is. So for me, it's like, uh, just because I want to take the edge off or forget or do something to have euphoria, I would never throw it away. And the same thing, if I'm depressed or upset, um, why would I, I had a friend ask me recently if I, if I had after like a really hard um, event in my life about a year and a half ago, ask me if I had drank over it. And I was like, wow. why the fuck would I do that? <laughs> That would make it worse. Like, yeah, you yeah. I'm not sure you know me very well. Yeah. Well, they're probably not a person in recovery because a person in recovery would know that just drinking or doing drugs over that would just make the situation worse, right? Like, yeah. Um, and we we, you and I are in that place where we are placed in that position of neutrality around drugs and alcohol. I also totally. had a, a difficult year and had some things going on. And I had one moment during that mind crushing uh final 10 weeks and uh i had one thought where it's like i just want to get high mm -hmm. and uh, the next thought was no you don't not really that's that's yeah. a fleeting and thankfully it's a fleeting thought because i know what would happen next i have mm -hmm. done enough research uh, and I have done my relapse with alcohol and then my relapse with drugs to know, <laughs> you know, what that hypothetical uh, situation would then look like. Because, yeah. yeah, I tried it. Yeah. So it didn't end well. Um, yeah, so sustainable euphoria. It's not sustainable. And uh, the reason that I understand what joy is, is because I have a comparison of pain.
I have um, the comparison of loss to understand what it means to be content uh, with the things that I have. Um, yeah. And all of these things have come through, um, you know, the, the negative and the positive sides of life, because there are both. Um, yeah. And we, we've often talked about in the past, I used to blame God for um, losing things or not getting my way or not getting what I wanted. And, and, and now, thankfully, because of the program, because of a sponsor, because of the 12 steps, I've had that spiritual awakening to arrive at the place where it's like, um, no, I, I, I needed those. I needed to not get what I wanted oftentimes because it wasn't what was good for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a balance and, and it's called life. And yeah. uh, it, to me, it's not about God taking things from me. Um, and some of those things were like, I, I talk about man driven, uh, humankind driven, right? Yeah. Like wars being humankind driven. Um, you know, I don't think that's God's intention for us. So yeah, little if you're going to blame God for the bad, you better get on your knees and thank him for the good. Because sometimes he does take shit away and it's better for you. I can guarantee. Now we're not going to get into a whole philosophical conversation about if you lose someone. A child. Yes. We're, I, we're talking about like wants and needs. Mm-hmm not big serious stuff i mean i could go there but that would not be a good philosophical discussion but in terms of recovery and the things we like to blame god for like my cousin's always like it's you know god did this he's cursed me accidents whatever it is her own mental health and i'm just like i can take five second glance at your life and i can tell you it's probably because of you (laughs) like it's so obvious with the behaviors that i'm like uh that decision led to that consequence so Yeah, someone didn't Not do sure that. God, to God you. did that. God gives us a lot of leeway to do a lot of things. Do you so remember? We have to look at ourselves first. Do you remember when we were on our trip um, to Akron, Ohio, to go see the birthplace of AA at Dr. Bob's house? And we went to a meeting in Akron, Ohio, and we went that lovely group of people, and they gave yes. us the coins at the meeting. Yes. Um, and we, you know, we took our turns that was sharing. So fun that trip. Yeah. Such a great trip. And then that woman sh- next to us shares about how she lost her son and yeah. she didn't drink yeah um you know so there there are people who do this no matter what and i love it yeah um so speaking of no matter what uh some of these questions uh from newcomers have come in so let's uh take a look so at so excited um all right i'm new to aa what do you mean by an aa toolbox oh that's cute that's a good one yeah. All right. So let's, let's talk about that. What's your response to if a newcomer asked you, what's an AA toolbox? What's in your toolbox, Julie? Well, I would basically just keep it simple and say, what does a toolbox do? What does it hold? Things that help you do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and our toolbox is simply, it can be slogans. It can be new behaviors we've learned. It can be someone we can call in recovery it's anything that helps you in your recovery. And for most of us, it's all kinds of different things. And the longer you stay in, the longer, the more tools you have. Right. The bigger your box has to get. Just okay. stuff that box. Fill it. Fill it right <laughs> up. I'm Fill a it. one screwdriver girl. So <laughs> in my toolbox, there's just one. Mm-hmm. I always like the slot, but um, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't where take I was... long for us to go there. Yeah. 
Um, no, I love that. That was a great answer. There's some things in there that you said that I didn't think about, like the slogans. I didn't even think about that before. Um, in my toolbox, one of the things my go-to is, uh, is my sponsor. Um, yeah. Having that other brain um, to check my thinking. And the great thing about my sponsor and I is that my sponsor thinks exactly like I do. But when he's looking at my situation, he can think differently. Um, yeah. or like he can relate and go oh yeah I recognize that crazy and then we dissect the crazy and talk about you know what's the more rational thought or plan or what would God want us to do yeah. um, and I always relate you know when I at first I didn't understand what God wanted so it was like well what's the higher choice if I'm to elevate my thinking to a higher level and not the base level of selfishness and self-centered thinking, um, then I, I'm being led to a higher choice. So my sponsor is mm -hmm. definitely one of the things in my toolbox. You are in my toolbox. Ah. You know, AA friends, sober sisters. Yep. Um, we call that sober support. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can't reach your sponsor. That's another thing. Have a list of five other people at least besides your sponsor who you can call when you're yeah. having a moment of crisis and you're close to picking up a drink or making a stupid decision <laughs> just call some people if you can't get a hold of your sponsor keep calling till you get a hold of somebody else um and don't use that age-old excuse of oh well my sponsor didn't answer so i guess that must be god's will for me to drink no no that's dumb <laughs> that's dumb all right, so lots of great suggestions on what is in an AA toolbox. So yeah, just basically things that you you have learned to pick up and uh, use instead of uh, drinking or drugs to help mm -hmm. you get through situations. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, is it possible to successfully go through the steps alone without a sponsor? Uh, no, that's not a good idea. You don't have enough perspective or lived wisdom. Like, how about I climb Mount Everest without a guide or a Sherpa? How about I fix my own carburetor, but with my own tools and knowledge? No, no, no. Yeah, that'd be like fixing your carburetor with a tennis racket. Yeah. Not no. the proper tool. So, you know, no. I, I guess you, you could do the steps without a sponsor it was you can. done in the beginning like you shouldn't <laughs> and by the but what i mean by that is like there's a difference when you've been in recovery for a long time and you're doing like a tenth right. which is your nightly inventory or you're in the midst of the day and you're having a problem and you're like okay step one i have a pro my life is unmanageable and uh i don't even remember now the What's you're powerless i'm powerless over alcohol people places jason and, things. Yeah. and my life is unmanageable step two tells me i have a higher power step three says i gotta give it to my higher step four says i need to analyze this a bit like that's different yeah doing all 12 steps in a moment or in a day but not going through the steps at least not the first time that's yeah. a very different thing so for me, the, the sponsor is the person who I check my thinking with. And if I check my, my own thinking, then usually I'm going to do what I want, <laughs> not necessarily what is right for me or what I yeah. need to do. So I definitely need to check my thinking with another person. And sure, there were people that did it because when the, the book was first written, it was mailed out to people and they read the book and they followed the steps. Um, 
but then eventually they would start up other groups and then they would carry the message to someone else and that's how it kind of grew but now yeah I mean I'm sure you can find a sponsor at a meeting that you go to um, so I would not suggest you do it on your own as Julie said like um, you need a guide to take you through the steps the first time and um, maybe why are people asking that question? Maybe it's because the sponsor that they have is telling them to wait on the steps or they don't like the suggestions their sponsor is giving. Um, uh, you know, there's lots of things that my sponsor has said to me that I don't like, but later on in, in reflection, I've looked back and thought that's exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Yeah. It was something I didn't like. And I've come to value my sponsor as one of my best friends. Um, and my sponsees, some of them have become my best friends because we are truly honest with each other. That's really yeah. rare to yeah. find people that you can be honest, not like mean, <laughs> but honest and say the hard thing um, without the fear of, oh, you're not going to like me or you're not going to want to be my friend anymore because you didn't like what I said. I yeah. trust that people like you, I trust that I'm going to be able to say, we've had these conversations. You can listen yeah. to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to find out julie and i have had these moments in our friendship where we've um gone through difficult um topics and discussions with each other and uh, still remain friends and that's the beauty of our friendship it's honest i believe and and true it's a lost concept these days especially with cancel culture where any opposing view is labeled as anti this or one of any of the isms nobody is free to have honest relationships because it's all about affirming and validation and people are very uncomfortable and only want to be surrounded by their own views and opinions so i really think it's a lost virtue to honor honesty in relationships mm. or to agree to disagree which i love to do but not a lot of people can do that because it threatens their own belief like if my beliefs are threatened by someone else, then there's a problem with my beliefs. Like I don't have a lot of faith in them. They're on shaky ground. So yeah, I really value that too. Honesty. And that's, that's, and with a sponsor sponsee, that is one of the only relationships I feel like where that is the pivotal crux upon which that relationship is built. That's why you have to have a sponsor because you need to be challenged or else we wouldn't have addictions if we if we wouldn't have recovery if our if we weren't challenged i am um, i recently had a sponsee uh move on to someone else which i'm always fine with and okay with and it's one of the things i start when i'm working with someone brand new i always tell them uh, i ask them the question are you willing to go to any lengths and are you willing to follow some suggestions and when they say yes i also tell them i don't ever want you to be afraid to let me go if you find someone else that has more time or um, if you feel you've grown outgrown me and you've moved past me and you're inspired by someone else and they can offer you more time and you want to work with them, don't ever feel like you're going to hurt my feelings or let me down. Uh, just move on to that next person, get set up with them and then tell me you're safe with another sponsor. I will always be happy. Mm -hmm. uh, but recently, <laughs> but... <laughs> But recently I had a sponsee let me go and there was no discussion over it. And uh, it had happened right after um, uh, the group that I was a part of split into two. And so I don't know what the reason was, but I was left to the assumption. Could it be because we were on, um, we had different viewpoints on this circumstance, which to me was sad 
because mm-hmm. um, we've had, uh, I, I have differences of opinion uh, or different viewpoints, whether it be political or religious uh, or whatever, uh, with all kinds of people, including sponsees. Um, yeah. But we're not here to talk about our political beliefs. We're not here to talk about our religious beliefs. I respect that you have yours. You respect that I have mine. And we don't need to talk about it outside issues. My job as a sponsor is to carry the message and help you practice those principles in all of your affairs. Um, and, And that means that when you're dealing with people who don't have the same viewpoint, realizing things like, Um, I don't need to educate that person. I don't need to engage in an argument with that person. I don't need to convince them, like you said, of my belief. My beliefs are my beliefs. They're entitled to their beliefs. Mm -hmm. And the reminder of, and this is another reason why I don't like group chats or even chat in the Zoom meetings. I find very distracting. I'm here listening to people share their message and there's all this little bing, bing, bing. I can't handle. And I do it sometimes too. I'm guilty of it. Um, I like it when they they take that control away from me and they they disable the chat. I especially love it during a speaker meeting. But yeah, I guess my point is that when you do have that sponsor-sponsee relationship, it doesn't matter what your outside issues are. Just if you focus on the message, I think that's the most important thing. Um, All right, we'll finish with uh, maybe one more. This is a a simple one. Um, how do I get the courage or self-confidence to share at a meeting for the first time? I'm afraid to speak. Um, you won't have the courage or confidence until you do it. Like you just can't. It's like saying, how do I learn how to skate around the, like a a figure skater? Well, you just do it and you fall and it happens. Did you ever swim when you were a kid? (laughs) Yeah. Diving board? uh rarely okay it's too scary I remember this public pool and they had the little diving board and then they had the Olympic diving board Ooh. and I remember wanting to jump off that Olympic diving board but not having the courage to do it and eventually yeah. one day I just did it and I got to the top and I walked out to the edge and I couldn't dive but I jumped <laughs> and the only way I got through that was to do it to take that first step Um, And we often hear in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous about um, doing it anyway, even through fear. Yep, just push through. And you could also just dip your toe in by saying, you know, hi, my name is Julie. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I don't really have much to say. I'm just so grateful to be here. Thanks for listening. Like, and you can build up and you can be like, I'm having a great day now that I'm here and uh, I'm really loving step three and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm. Like practice with your sponsor. Yeah, you can. Um, I, I strongly encourage uh, if you're a newcomer, I encourage you to go to meetings, raise your hand, identify as an alcoholic and say, I'm here to listen. I'm, I'm here to learn. That's it. Pass and do that for a little while. And, and then if you have questions or you want to talk about something, maybe run it by your sponsor first and then take it to the meeting, because then when you run it by your sponsor first, you won't just be taking a problem to a meeting. You'll be taking the problem and the solution, which I think is very important. Yeah. It's easy. Listen, we like to make it very complicated where I was horrified and terrified in every meeting to say anything, even my name. 
and then you just get used to it. It's the way we function, even like just on a biological level, you get used to it and it gets easier and easier and easier. But I love it when people are like, I'm, I'm, have, I'm just, you know, I'm not ready to share, but I'm having a great meeting. Thanks to everyone. I'm always like, oh, that's so nice. Um, uh, and you're not alone in these feelings and thoughts. I think that's important too. You know, there is a slogan that mm. says you are no longer alone. And part of that is that if you're having a thought, somebody else here has probably had that thought before you. So don't, don't worry about it so much. I went to my very first meetings and didn't identify as an alcoholic for probably the first month. I sat there, didn't say anything. And then a couple weeks went by and then I would say, hi, my name is Lisa. I think I have a problem with alcohol. <laughs> you know, I, I was not ready to say I'm an alcoholic, but yeah. eventually I was. And that's, I think, the, when I first started to learn about surrender, saying those words. So just keep coming and uh, try to follow some of those suggestions that we just gave you. Say your name and claim your seat. That can yeah. be a great share. Yep. Yeah. All right, that's our little version of Ask It Basket. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us. And if you want to send in your questions anonymously, you can just tell us uh, you don't want your name read. If you want to identify your name in the city or state or province that you live in or country that you live in, you can say a shout out and say your name as well. Send us your emails to the number two soberchicks at gmail.com. I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. And thanks for joining us today on. Two Silver Chicks. Happy 24.